What up, what up, what up, my Golink peeps? I hope you had an amazing week and you're ready for a new episode. Welcome to the Golink Show. My name is Ben. I am the founder of Golink, a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, aka you, with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to develop and improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram or Facebook at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and even failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more on the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we have McLean Taylor on the show. Um, A fantastic conversation. He is a life coach, and we talk about how his own divorce sparked his life coaching journey his business of being a catalyst for aha moments. He owns a company called The Breakthrough Revolution and these aha moments are breakthroughs and we talk about how we find these breakthroughs, how he defines them, how we started coaching for free to organically grow his business, a method that he uses in coaching of going into the woods with a baseball bat. Sounds kind of crazy, but stay tuned, it's pretty cool. The purpose of forgiving but not forgetting we talk about what re-paradigming means and how to communicate better. That was a really cool idea. He even coaches me through my own limiting belief. So listen in and closely. It's really cool for me to do that live on an episode. How to find power in living your truth and owning your truth and being transparent. We talk about his self-care hour and why that's crucial to his day and five questions to ask yourself when you get emotionally triggered or stuck. This is a really cool interview. You can get tips and tricks to help you or to help people that you love. You might need it later. You might need it now. We are, can all be open to new ideas. And let's do it. Let's jump in. All right. Everyone, welcome to The Goaling Show. We got McLean Taylor here. What's up? Yo, so... We are going to jump into some dope, the dopeness of the depths here today. But first things first, McLean, I want to know who your favorite musical artist is. Oh, gosh. Um, And I'll tell you why. Wow. That's a really (laughs) great question. I am a fan of a couple. I mean, can I give you a couple or do you want the the one that's on my mind right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really like Ed Sheeran. I think that his ability mm-hmm. to write music is just phenomenal mm-hmm. and very impressive too. I also really like Macklemore. Also for the the mm-hmm. same reason of he he uses words to to send a message, and it's not just the same regurgitated crap that you hear in most of these mm-hmm. pop songs, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, those, those would be two of my favorites and I have seen Macklemore live and he threw a sausage that he pulled out of his pants across the audience and he had a a member of the audience catch it. Where, what venue was that? Oh, the Saltaire. Okay. So what year was that? 2016. Yeah. So that was Saltaire. So that was during his big blow up, right? I can't remember. No, that was after. 
I don't. I don't know. I think I it, don't know because obviously, like, do you know what Kilby Court is in Salt Lake City? I don't. So it's a two hundred place venue. Okay. And I remember when he performed there. Oh. You know, in like two thousand ten, he was much bigger. Yeah, obviously. But I saw you singing some JT, some Justin Timberlake. I do like Justin on Facebook, so, so that's why I ask, and I love all those artists too, and that's why I just wanted to ask. Um, and explain real quick before we jump into your story and who you are. Explain your post of why you posted that video of you sh- singing JT. Oh, it all it it all comes back to your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You see, I know I know that most people have discomfort in doing things that they love because they're afraid of getting judged. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I actually had that when I was singing, <clears throat> and it was actually. It was probably this past year and a half that I really started having my own type of a breakthrough Mm. when it came to singing. And I just wanted to get better, so I started taking singing lessons. And my singing coach learned from Seth Riggs, who also happened to teach Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Mm. uh, Prince, um, Whitney Houston, you know. That's a great coach. Some great yeah. <laughs> and and so she she worked with him for mm-hmm. over 20 years and she learned how to teach the same modality. So that's the mm-hmm. type of uh, stuff that I was practicing. It's called speech level. Mm-hmm. So you can basically speak and sing without killing your voice. Mm-hmm. So you're not straining with all those extrinsic muscles. And that, that took me a while to figure out because I was trained to be a choir singer. Well, eventually I, I was challenged to sing at one of my clients' art shows. Hmm. So I did, and I prepared the song um, Dancing on My Own from Callum Scott. If anybody knows that, it's a great song. And so I sang that song, and then the people who were in charge of the city, they came up to me and they said, you need to try out for our musical for the lead role. That's awesome. I'm like, okay, let's do it. I go and I try out. I get the lead role for Big the Musical. Mm -hmm. And so this last summer, I was in a musical. And it was – I've never been a lead ever. Mm -hmm. I've I've rarely sang on stage with solo. I I think I've done that probably – five to six times in my life, like really hardcore, you know, hundreds of people in the audience all watching me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done duets in church and stuff, but not, not a solo like that, not multiple in one night. And so I really got to, I got to come out of my shell. And so the reason that I keep posting and I share sometimes when I'm singing or when I'm dancing is because we should never, we should never hold back or edit our life mm-hmm. from living the way that we want to live. If we want to sing, let's sing. If we want to dance, let's dance. And let's do it as if we're never going to be judged. I love it, man. So that's why I did that. Dude, I just got the chills. Um, dude, that was just like a fantastic start. And maybe um, for the going challenge this week, we can do something of like dancing or singing like in public. Or, or something, Absolutely. or just posting something. Hashtag McLean A. Taylor when you do that, yeah. okay? So <laughs> M-C-L-E-A-N-A Taylor. Okay, dope, dude. So let's, how about, you kind of, you mentioned Breakthrough, and you own a company called The Breakthrough Revolution. So give us mm-hmm. a download of who you are and what the company is. So I am a Amazon best-selling author and I, I wrote a book called limitless with my buddy chris crone so that's with two k's i uh, i don't i don't continue to do business with chris crone he's fantastic he's still one of my best friends 
I just uh, I wanted to do things a little bit differently. And so I took some of the things that I learned from when I was working with him and I became a speaker. I started speaking on stages uh, all over the place. Uh, I'll be speaking in, in New York in March. That's awesome, dude. And, uh, and then I also started getting people coming to me and saying, hey, you went through a divorce back in 2014. You're recovering pretty well. How did you do it? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, this is how I did it. And I started teaching them. And then yeah. the Breakthrough Evolution was basically me creating a coaching system for people to get the help that they needed mm. after they went through a divorce. And now it's spanned out. I, I work with people of all shapes and sizes. The techniques can be used in sales principles mm-hmm. as well as you know re- divorce recovery principles. And uh, just to kind of simplify what Breakthrough is and what we focus our tools on mostly – People don't make decisions logically. They make them emotionally. And when a person goes through an event and they have powerful emotions and they make these decisions, this is how beliefs are formulated. And many times these can be limiting beliefs. They could be things like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm, you know, no matter how many times I try and know how, how good I do, I will always fail. These are limiting beliefs that I deal with on an ongoing basis every single day. And what I help people to do is to use their emotions and their experiences to feel something different and to make a new decision or a new belief system. And then we back it up with a lot of action. And when a person does that in that right order, it creates a long lasting change or a transformational effect. That way it's not like you're going to a seminar every week and you Mm -hmm. have to stick the needle back in your arm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like a seminar junkie, I, I don't, I don't believe that that's creating lasting change. That's creating a codependent behavior. Mm. And people need tools that they can take home, that they can use every time that they fall down. Because newsflash, buddy. I mean, Ben, you're going to fall down again later in your life. You know it, man. You know, I'm going to fall down again. But if we have tools, every single time it's like clockwork. Hey, I know how to solve my problem. Boom. And then you can get out of it very quickly. And that's what we teach people. Cool. I love that, man. And how would you define breakthrough like what is a breakthrough yeah so a a breakthrough is some people call it an epiphany some people Mm -hmm. call it that aha moment it's when your emotions and your beliefs align to the point that you're like oh my gosh how did i not see this or recognize this before Mm -hmm. usually we're pointing out blind spots or we're calling people out for masking certain things in their lives um we're addressing how it's affecting their lives if they believe that they're not good enough um, I mean, it, it can come in many shapes and sizes, but it's that moment when there's an aha, I now understand that I am good enough, or I now understand that I'm in control of if I'm going to love myself or not. And that's all that matters. Hmm. I'm now in control of if I'm going to choose to show up at my highest and best, even though I still might fail sometimes, it gives me the best chance to succeed in the future. Okay, dude. I love that definition. And how you started this, it was organically. And I love this part that you did not start off. Actually, I want to give a side note because if you hear a rustling, McLean is eating some sour, sour patch, sour patch <laughs> watermelon. And that is the fuel for this interview. The best kind of fuel there is. Yeah, we're not being paid for this either. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you started coaching organically and you did it with an intention to not get paid, correct? You that just is want, correct. People I, were just asking you, and you just like, sure, let's talk. That is 100% correct. I, I actually had a few free clients, and I mm-hmm. said, hey, I'm learning some techniques. Is it okay if I like practice them on you? 
That's so cool. Because yeah. I want to practice them in my own life. And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, I was taking people out with baseball bats up into the woods and doing some really? very unique experiential processes because that's how I recovered. Dude, so what were you doing with baseball bats in the woods? Because <laughs> if you don't explain that. Yeah, so. no problem. <laughs> it, uh, it all started with when one of my coaches or one of my friends, mm-hmm. they said, McLean, in order to recover from your divorce, you have to address the emotion. You can't mm-hmm. bury it down. So I said, what, like go into a field and start yelling my head off? <laughs> And they're like, yeah. yeah, and maybe maybe take some rocks and throw them around and stuff. And I said, yeah. you know what? I'm going to take a baseball bat, yeah. and I'm going to go destroy something. I love it. So I did. And uh, other coaches will call some, this stuff like rage work. Um, essentially, what it does is it breaks a person's masks and their insecurities and their fears down to its core. Mm. And you have zero energy to expend on hiding. Hmm. So, for instance, if a person went through a divorce and they get all their anger out on their ex, basically, mm-hmm. and it's just out of their system, then they're in a space where they can forgive. Mm. Then they're in a space where they can move on. They can start to heal. And that's the second part of the process. And uh, there are specific questions that we ask our, our clients. but yeah. And, and it's, it's not as easy as you think to go through something like this. You've got to understand exactly what you're looking to create. Yeah, and I think for you, right, in an interview setting, this – it's briefly touched on, but it is, yeah, it's not easy to discover this or to go through this. And so I don't want to just say it nonchalantly, you know, to go and like, whether it's divorce or the recovery process or forgiving, it is not easy, but sometimes it can be just brushed over nowadays Yeah, because it's, this is a real conversation, but it's not like the type of conversation that you'll have with a client, for example. No, it's not. Um, so Man, I think that's so cool. Like, do you have any, like, favorite memories of a client? Of course, you know, not mention their name of a breakthrough or a moment that they had of doing this practice. Actually, uh, this person I can mention Mm -hmm. by name because he has made it public that I am his coach Mm -hmm. uh, or that I've coached him. And, uh, And I'm sure that many people actually will remember if you're from Utah or if you're not from Utah, (laughs) Um, back about a year and a half ago, a guy by the name of Paul Swenson went missing. Mm. Do you remember that? No. So he was Mm -hmm. a really great guy. I mean, he still is, in my opinion. And I think that it it was hard because I actually, I had scheduled a meeting with him the week that he went missing. Mm. And... It was really tough for me. I get emotional about this because like mm-hmm. he, when I did summer sales, which is a door to door, you mm-hmm. know, selling pest control, uh, I was out in Texas. He was my regional manager and he taught me how to sell. Oh, okay. I remember this. I remember And, him. and eventually what happened was, uh, you know, over time I, I just reached out to him and I said, Hey, is everything going okay? It didn't feel like everything was okay. So I reached out to him and he said, yeah, let's set up a meeting. This was on Pioneer Day that we were supposed to meet. Wow. We both rescheduled because it was a it was Pioneer Day. So that day. was July 24th. 20, I think, 1st or 24th, whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I don't know the day, Pioneer Day. It's a Utah <laughs> holiday. Give me a break, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, uh-huh. and, and so what happened was we rescheduled for the following week. And 
not to be too personal about the story, but I, I got a call from his wife the morning that he didn't come home. And she mm. said, the last thing he said was he's going to, he was going to go meet with you. Wow. And I said, I have no idea what's going on. Cause I didn't, I had no idea. Cause you rescheduled. Cause we rescheduled. And that was the truth. And I, I sent her everything, all conversations. And, and then I had to talk to a private investigator like, yeah. And yeah. So about a month later or a few weeks later, he was found floating in Mill Creek dead. Mm-hmm. And so, which is a river for people who don't know in the Mill Creek Canyon. Yeah. And I, I went to high school with his younger brother, Dave, Dave Swenson uh, or David Swenson. You guys can Google his name now. He's, he's an author and we started working together and, and then, you know, through various reasons, uh, I also started meeting with his wife as well. And, and they started seeing massive transformation in their life right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, during one of the processes, um, we went for a nature walk. This is another one of the things that we do mm-hmm. in coaching is uh, we go for a nature walk. And he starts talking to a tree. And, and then we find out what the message of the tree is to him. Hmm. And the message was grow. And that's the name of his children's book. He did a Kickstarter for it, and cool. he made over twenty five thousand in a month, you know, to to fuel this book. And no trees are cut down; it's all recycled paper. Oh, that's awesome! Um, and for every book that's bought, they plant a tree. I, I mean, it's it's a fantastic, a fantastic setup. Great story, and it actually has great coaching aspects inside of the book for mm-hmm. children to learn. Mm-hmm. Is that it's not our goal to to say where we're going to grow. We don't think about that. We don't think in the way in which we should grow. Mm. We just grow. Mm. And I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I loved, I loved seeing the transformation of dedicating Paul's life and, and what he represented to David. I loved how that was such an integral part of the story that is, in my opinion, it's going to change millions of lives. Mm hmm. And he's just starting his journey. And that's so awesome. that's something that I'm, I'm very, very happy about. When I see a client take what they are learning and they make the world a better place through it. Well, and pretty quickly. Yes, very quickly. You know, like, yeah, that is super quickly because that's less than a year. It is a little over a year. A little now. over than a year now? Okay. But yeah, it was when quick. the book came out, it was, I think it was like a month or two after, after July. Wow. So a year. That's wild, dude. And he was able to recover, get to a good place, dedicate his life to, you know, a purpose that he believes that Paul stands for. And I, I firmly support mm. that. So how do you mentioned people getting over their exes or a wife or brother getting over someone that's passed? What is a tip to truly oh, forgive? It's uh, it's not about f- forgetting. It's not forgetting. It's not forgetting. Yes. Forgive and forget do not belong in the same sentence mm. despite popular religious beliefs. Um, mm. it, it's, it's a change in the way that you are dedicating the meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me explain yeah. what that means. If you think that you know your ex was out to get you, that's usually – I have found – that is just not the case in, in really any instance, even if an ex goes crazy, like mine kind of did at the time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, and if she's listening to this, just, Hey, 
I everything's forgiven. We're all good. Okay, yeah. but it's the truth. Though. <laughs> I, yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. I've moved on, and I I I think she has too. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what it comes down to is saying rather than oh I'm a victim, you say they believed that they were the victim, mm. and they treated me that way because they thought I was the villain, and I treated her that way or him that way because I thought that she was or he was the villain. It's a change in, in the way that you dedicate it. Rather than letting it be a pit in your life, you say that divorce is something that can make your life better. You mm. use it as a springboard. You don't try to get rid of all of the memories of your, of your marriage. You just learn from them. Mm. You use it as a springboard, not a pit. Mm. And I'd say that that's one of the biggest things that you can do is how do you dedicate your life based on what you have gone through? If it's the loss of a loved one, how are you going to change the way that you live in order to honor the way that they lived? How can you make them proud? Mm. And I have found that when people dedicate their lives to not just a person, but to the purpose behind the person or to the purpose of the trauma, they grow and they, they become better people. Mm-hmm. I've seen this with people who have lost loved ones. I've seen it with people who have gone through divorce. I have worked with people who have gone through satanic ritual abuse. I don't know yeah. if you even know if that's a thing. Yeah, and even you've dealt with hundreds of cases of rape as well. I have dealt with, um, yeah, it's probably up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've dealt with, it's it's, and I don't mean to laugh about it. I, I, I think that's my way of shielding the way mm. in which I, I create reverence about it because huh. it is not, it's not something to be laughed at. Yeah, or even just mention like you've done hundreds of these. You should be proud of it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's not that either. In in fact, it's it's traumatizing every single time you hear. Dude, about I it. can't even imagine on both. Well, of course, like the victim or is I can't imagine. And for you too to over and over, I bet it doesn't get easier. It's it's not. And if you if you take away the meaning the emotional depth of what it is just by saying, Oh, I've done this so many times you lose, you become desensitized. And that's part of the key of becoming a really great life coach who works with grief or of any kind is you've got to make sure that you allow yourself to feel what they feel. Hmm. And it's hard, but it keeps the sacredness of the situation. So for instance, I have, I have worked with hundreds of women mm-hmm. and, as well as men who have gone through rape mm-hmm. And I will tell you that the number one thing to remember is even though you were a victim at one point, you don't have to continue to choose to be a victim. Hmm. And you can learn to forgive because what is happening is if you hold on to it long enough, and this is in anything, divorce, rape, physical abuse, anything, right? Um, If you continue to hold on to that story, what will happen is that perpetrator will always have control over your life. And I know that that's going to probably piss some people off if they Mm -hmm. hear it, but you're living for you. You're not living for somebody who has taken advantage of you or hurt you. You can take your power back. And if I'm talking just to one person who gets any value from this, then this podcast was worth it. You are no longer a victim and you can learn to grow from this. And when you choose to grow, that is when you will be stronger than the person who hurt you. That's what happened with Elizabeth Smart. I mean, she was chained to a tree and, and raped mm-hmm. for nine months straight. And and she was able to forgive. However, it doesn't mean you forget. Mm-hmm. You keep learning from it. That, that's why I say don't forget this. Yeah. Forgive them. 
but remember so that you can continue to learn. I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to my previous marriage. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to my previous marriage and learned a new lesson over uh -huh. and over and over again. It's so important to not forget. It's actually, you just gave me an interesting thought. It's like listening to the same song over and over or watching a new movie that you are watching the same movie that you get a new tidbit each time. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And so you'll gain more insight from it. Continue to learn from challenges and trauma. That's the only way that you're ever going to stop feeling the pain of it is if you make sense of it. Yeah, and that's, I feel like even for me, I'll admit, like I've never gone through anything remotely as difficult or traumatizing as that. Um, and even people I know, you know, going through something less severe, I'm sometimes like, come on, just get over it. Do you deal with like family members <clears throat> or friends or even yeah. the people themselves that are just like, why can't I get over it? Yeah, all the time. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I have a rule in my house that uh, I don't coach my wife unless she asks for it, right? Mm -hmm. She has to explicitly ask for it. Usually it's those times when she's doing something over and over and over again that she opens up and says, I just can't get it. Hmm. And then I take her through either a breakthrough kind of a thing or we just talk it out because we under, we both understand these techniques. It's how we think, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes it's really good to have somebody else to talk about this yeah. stuff with, even if you understand the techniques mm -hmm. and tools. Um, so for instance, I, I have... Um, I have a friend who recently uh, decided that he was going to go through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he sounds like he's doing okay, right? And most, most people in the initial stages of, of grief, they're just like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And then it can really hit them between the eyes because then they're not prepared for the, the anger, the denial, the, the coping. Like, I mean, there's, there's stages of divorce that people go through. And it's mm – -hmm. it's, uh, and to be honest, I haven't even studied that stuff for a long time. I don't even know what the actual steps are, but I know that they are, it, it's the same thing over and over and over. And mm -hmm. I've seen the pattern so many times that it's like not even an issue. But to answer your question, right? Is there ever a time when a person comes up to me and says, McLean, like I'm going through this hard time and I say, well, just get over it. Mm -hmm. No, I don't do that anymore. And the reason is, is because we all learn differently. Mm -hmm. You go through an event, you have an emotion, and you make decisions through that event and that emotion, and that turns into your belief systems. Mm -hmm. You've made different decisions than your friends have. And so for you or me to say to somebody who's going through a hard time, hey, just get over it, that's incredibly ignorant um, because you don't know what the decisions were that that person made, and you don't know what the costs are of that person's limiting decisions or limiting beliefs that they've formulated. Yeah. And so understanding that even though it's stupid sometimes, like, oh, you're angry because you, you accidentally, you know, chipped your parents' windshield while yeah. driving it and your dad got angry with you. You're frustrated over that. Like, get over like, it, Get man. over it, man. Yeah. Well, that might mean something a lot deeper to somebody else mm -hmm. who, you know, they've based practically their entire life on pleasing their parents. Mm -hmm. That would be a, that would be a very traumatic experience for that kind of a person. Um, and then again, like I, I've seen people who have come back from the military just fine and they, they killed people, you know, and then I've also worked with people who have gone through the, you know, they, PTSD. the PTSD of everything mm -hmm. after being in war. So you never know, 
You really don't. And so just understanding why they feel that way, that will help a lot in your relationships with other people. That's cool, dude. Have you seen that within families as well? Yes. Right? Because I've seen that in my own family as far as, like, for me, even, like, I I do this of I put it on them instead of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it just goes, like, get over it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Or, like, why are you being this way? Instead of trying to be empathetic or, you know, like, really understanding the situation or what it means to them. Because even though we can communicate and try and get on the same page, do you ever think that we'll truly get on the same page? Yes. Okay. Actually. I love it. Explain that. Um, there's a, a breakthrough technique that we actually invented called re-paradigming. Cool. I like um, that. That's a cool name. And just the basis of it and how to use it is it's a technique where you can start to understand what are the labels and how do people understand them. So, for instance, when I say love mm-hmm. – What does that mean to you? And I'm going to challenge everybody to ask themselves who's listening. What does love mean? What does it mean to love a person? Does love even exist? Like I've Mm. heard it all. Okay. And there's a million different definitions. Mm -hmm. I have found that there is one definition uh, with two parts to it that is really, really empowering for me. Love is when you are invested in someone's success. Hmm. And you accept them unconditionally. I love that. I believe that those two things are love. So if you're invested in somebody's success, are you going to give them more of your time? For sure. Of course you will. If you're invested in their happiness and their success in, in being happy, are you going to dedicate more time to think about what gift or card to get them? Absolutely. Um, mm. Are you going to look them in the eyes when they made a mistake and be able to forgive them? Yes, that's love to me. Yeah, I. this is really good, man. Like for me, I've been through some breakthroughs recently. Like I just got back from Hawaii and like I went and just like read and just like sat and thought and reflected. And that's one thing that I realized is that I try and help people for me because it makes it easier for me and not like truly for their success. Like, regardless if it's their success or their pain or whatever, I am dedicated to move forward of just listening and whether they get it or don't get it or we're on the same page or not on the same page, I love that it's you are in it for their success, whatever that means. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm going to ask you a personal question. Dude, are you ask open, away. Are you open let's, to having let's that? Let's do it, man. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself selfish? My immediate answer is yes. Okay, so what's going on here, folks who are listening, Uh is this is a form of a limiting belief. I'm seeing that it is a form Mm -hmm. of an insecurity, okay? Yeah. And and it's probably because you have done a lot of things that you have recognized and built evidence of in your life that you are being selfish. Even though I have a question, why are you doing this podcast? Mm Mm-hmm. You're not getting any money right now, are you? No. No, you're not. Okay. Now mm-hmm. you might be later on, right? But that's that's a risk. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Why are you doing this? Is this about mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Or is it about people that are listening? Yeah, I mean, truly it's about the people <clears throat> that are listening. Um, like I've been in management my entire life, and it's I never ever think about like Ooh, I'm making X thousand today. Yeah. You know, like I truly enjoy it. Like it's selfish because it makes me feel good, but 
I truly enjoy when I see people make breakthroughs or grow. Um, like to me, yeah, like I'm doing this, like it is like, I love having these conversations cause I'm learning right now. Right. Sure. Like doing this exercise with you, but truly I could be doing this by myself and not putting it out there. I want other people to feel the same things that I've felt and be enlightened that way. Yeah. So when did you decide that you were selfish? Hmm. I feel like maybe my whole, I feel like I'm selfish because I'm by myself a lot, if that makes sense. Okay. So I do. So that's how you are defining selfishness. Yeah. Correct? So because, is there anything else that fits into that label? Um, I'm not sure, but really I feel like it's, I do a lot of things. Like I don't hang out with a lot of people a lot, whether it's friends or family. I'm in my thoughts a lot and I do things for me to develop myself, to get better, to always achieve more, et cetera. And so that's why I feel like I'm selfish sometimes is because I'm not like with people all the time. Tell me about your day or whatever, you know, tell me about your problems. I feel like that stuff comes up naturally, but I am figuring out myself first. And so at times that makes me feel self selfish. So if you're figuring out yourself first, I'm going to give you an analogy. Isn't mm -hmm. that very similar to putting on your own oxygen mask before you <laughs> help others to put theirs on? Yeah, for sure, man. So how is that selfish? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've thought the same things is like, if everyone has helped themselves first, right? Develop themselves first think how much better the world would be of course mm -hmm. and so what what you're seeing here everybody's watching is the this is this is the classic example of an example type of a coach <laughs> somebody who wants yeah. to lead by example um yeah you're put on your own oxygen mask so that other people can believe that they can put theirs on as well and maybe in some cases you mm -hmm. say Hey, here's some instructions to do so. But in the end, you still have to do it. Mm -hmm. Am I right? You're very right. Is there anything wrong with that? So, like, I know it's not, but But it's, you feel because you I made feel, an emotional decision yep. <laughs> at a younger age <laughs> exactly that you right. are selfish. Uh, and so what we've just identified is that Ben has a <laughs> limiting belief that he is selfish. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. Yeah. I mean, I really doubt that any of your listeners is going to say, oh, yeah, he's a selfish guy. You know, they're not going <laughs> to yeah. say that about you. Mm -hmm. You're the only person saying that about yourself. Yeah, and it's interesting. I actually wrote about this in my journal. And I think I've had – I told my mom about this too that um, it comes – I hold <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I hold back my successes because I don't want to make other people feel bad. Mm. So I don't like – whether it's announcing or really – stepping into my true potential like i'll i am an achiever and i like to do great things like i refuse complacency sure but to really truly like step into that light i feel like i'm making other people feel bad so that's part of the selfishness too is that i don't want to make people feel bad because so of I my have a question greatness. i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you do you feel uh -huh. like you're going to do the world a a big disservice if you choose to show up in your full glory and start being the best that you can be? <laughs> Dude, this is a great question. Thanks or for do doing this. Or do you think this. that you're going to uh -huh. add a lot of value yeah. and give people an even better example of how they can put on their own oxygen mask? Dude, I love it. Dude, I didn't expect this to happen, but ba -bing! I, I, I've enjoyed Breakthrough. this. Breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Breakthrough, dude. Okay, so now everyone has seen a live example that was not pre-planned. No, that wasn't. Thank you, sir. That was awesome. No problem. That wasn't like the full 
thing. I mean, I, I could take yeah. you through something, but that's yeah. that's kind of how we have conversations with people when we're coaching mm-hmm. them. Um, it's easy to point out what's going on and what's holding a person back. Mm-hmm. Most people who go throughout their day, they don't realize what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's my job to always be worried about what I'm thinking and what other people are thinking. Yeah, so let's go to you. Do you have a life coach or a mentor? Which I think is the right answer, right? Mm-hmm. So you you got to be able to do it if you're teaching it. So what do you currently, what are some challenges that you're experiencing? Because as everyone has witnessed, you've helped me and we've gone through a ton of successes that you've, that you've gone through and that you've helped so many people, but to reveal that you're actually human. Yeah. Like what are some like real challenges or difficulties that you're going through? Well, back in the middle of December, um, I, I grew up my entire life as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or mm-hmm. a Mormon, as a lot of people know <laughs> us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say us, but I, I recently had a faith crisis, mm-hmm. and I said, you know what? Uh, and without going into too much detail, uh, I decided that it wasn't the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And that was very challenging. I mean, how my family sees me, how my friends see me how my in-laws see me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, it's, it's a challenge. It's a, it's a very big challenge because here I am Mm -hmm. supposed to be this, this life coach, the guy who understands everything in his life. I have it all figured out. By the way, if you ever hear a life coach who says that he has it all figured out, that's bullshit. Yeah. And he's a liar (laughs) and you should not hire him. Also, if your life coach or potential life coach does not have a life coach of their own, Mm -hmm. do not hire them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to, to go and learn from somebody who's not even practicing what they preach. Mm -hmm. And so just wanted that very clear. If you're Mm -hmm. looking for a good life coach, they're going to have a life coach and they're also going to admit to having challenges and how how they're learning through those challenges. And I think mm-hmm. that that's probably why I'm so cool-headed as I'm going through such a... I mean, my wife, you know, not, not to be too personal, but she broke down and she started crying last night. Mm-hmm. And I just had to hold her and I said, you know what? It's okay that we don't have everything figured out. Yeah. It's okay. And that was a beautiful moment when you're able to be vulnerable and when you're able to express that you your life is not perfect that's the first step mm. to progress dude i love that dude i'm getting chills all like through this interview but <laughs> like there is beauty in those moments right if every moment was just like i went skydiving the other day if every moment was like skydiving like a thrill like we can't you can't be on a constant high and seeking those thrills if you do your end usually is pretty devastating and there's beauty in that. And I love how you see that of like just holding your wife and like in that painful moment, there's, I don't know how to describe this weirdly or oddly like joy, even in that moment, like it's pleasure, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's maybe, maybe pleasure, not necessarily the right word, but you're you're on to something. I would say sacredness for life is what you're looking for. Ooh, dude, sacredness for life. I like that. And it allows you to become more present in those moments when, when Mm -hmm. all the shit is hitting the fan, all of Mm -hmm. a sudden you look at your life and you say, whoa, okay, who do I not want to be? Who do I want to be? But here's the reality. Who am I being right now mm. and what needs to change? And that's when 
um, it's a form of catharsis happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of changing. That's when a person changes. Dude, that is awesome. Holy cow. Um, like if and tell me if this is too much or whatever and i can delete it but um you (laughs) mentioned you had a strong like i could tell by your reaction of like with your in-laws so i assume your in-laws are very still active in the lds church absolutely uh my in-laws are very active my parents are still active my brother is still active my my best friend is still active Mm -hmm. and Um, do like walk us through something like whether someone is mormon and like they know someone or you're ex-mormon or inactive or whatever you felt this or even just any other type of tribe or community that you're stepping away from or you're transitioning out of you can feel the pain of i've loved these people for so long like why am i being treated differently or whatever like what is a moment like do you feel any sort of i'm sure you do judgment or blame of like you're taking our daughter away from this thing. Oh, absolutely. I, I felt yeah. that the moment that I started dating her. Huh. Uh, yeah, it, it was a challenge to to work up uh, a relationship with my in-laws for sure. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was doing anything bad. I mean, I was I mean, I'm a good guy. I, mm-hmm. I, I take care of my wife. She's a good person. I love mm-hmm. her to death and you know, I, I provide shelter, food, and yeah. I let her do whatever she wants to do. She mm-hmm. wants to have a job. Okay, great. She gets a job. You know, mm-hmm. she wants a dog. Great. We got a job. We got a dog, <laughs> you know, and he's a pit bull and he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, it's not that I was doing anything wrong. It's that I was challenging um, their way of doing things because I'm very, very independent mm-hmm. and I'm also very controversial. You'll speak your mind. I will always speak my mind. And nobody can stop me from doing that. Mm -hmm. If they want to stop me from doing that, I just don't include them in my life very often. And so it it took took some hard conversations to build up that relationship. And it's about to go swinging the other way again. Mm -hmm. So I'm... Yeah, I I would not say that it's the most exciting thing in the world, (laughs) but it definitely, it it definitely is better for us. So with what you're doing of like admitting like the pain, the painful moments or the imperfectness of your life, or even like putting out something singing of like your voice cracked in the video. Yeah. Like what are your thoughts on, you mentioned earlier of not holding back. What is just what is the science or coaching or whatever, like the reasoning behind of why do we feel good when we're like, we live our truth. Like we don't hold back. Cause I've started to do that. Like with Golink, like I'm putting out the process and I put out my failures like intentionally. And it is like freeing to just be like, yep, this is me. I'm not perfect. So you can either love me or not. Like what's the reasoning behind that? Well, before I answer, I just mm-hmm. I just want to apologize because I'm chewing on these sour patch. Like, <laughs> You're good, dude. I'm a little congested, so if people feel <laughs> grossed out, just just understand that it's okay to feel gross because I probably feel worse than you do, <laughs> you know. But to answer your question, um, have you ever seen the movie Eight Mile with Eminem? You know, man. 
I think that this is one of the best examples I can give. At the end? This is where we're At going? At the very end, yeah. right? You got Rabbit. He's basically the main character, Eminem, and he's about to go against this, the, the champion. Mm-hmm. He has just taken down the past two guys, and this is the final rap battle. And they're standing side by side, and they flip a coin, and then Eminem has to go first. And what he does is what I encourage people, and this is where you find power. This is where you find power. Eminem then spit out and he said, yeah, I do live in a trailer on 8 Mile and it's ghetto as crap, right? Mm -hmm. My friend shot himself in the leg because he's an idiot and doesn't know how to use a gun. This bozo over here slept with my girlfriend. Um, My mom is currently sleeping with a guy that's my age, you know, and he just, he goes off. And then he says, but here's some things that they don't know about you. Mm. You went to a private school. Your real name is Clarence. Your parents are still married. There's no such thing as Brooklyn Brooks or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. And they basically chew him out. And then Eminem throws him the mic and says, here, tell them something they don't know about me. Mm. When you own your truth or when you are fully vulnerable or transparent or as some people like to call it authentic. I think yeah. transparent is a more accurate word. But if you are authentic – what it does is it takes away the ability for anybody to hurt you. Yeah. When you own your truth, you become invincible. Dude, this is good, man. And so what happened at the end of 8 Mile, he throws him the mic, and the bad guy of the, of the show, mm-hmm. he chokes. He can't beat him because he has no ammo. He doesn't say a word. He has no ammo. He lost. And so why do I share so much about my life in such a really awkwardly authentic way (laughs) that it makes some people very uncomfortable that I'm being that open? Mm -hmm. The reason I do it is because then I find peace because nobody can hurt me. Mm -hmm. They know everything about me. Mm. Boom, dude. Love it. Um, We've come to a segment in the show where I call Scroll My Soul. And what this means is... I, I'm sure like, like you, like you take notes after conversations or reading or listening to podcasts and I keep them in my phone every day. And so I randomly scroll through those notes and I stop on something and I write this down specifically for you. And I ask you how it resonates with you. Okay. So I'll tell you this thought that I wrote down and I want to know your thoughts. Um, the end of one thing is the begin beginning of another. The end of one thing is the beginning of another. Hmm. Not all the time. Yeah. Have you heard, and the reason where this came from, have you heard the new Mike Posner album? No. You'll like it, dude. I should look that it's, up. It's really good. This, it's essentially that's where it came from. The end of one thing is the beginning of another. I I think that some things are designed to die. Hmm. I think that some things are, are not designed to, uh, to go on forever. And whether it's life that we're talking about just as a whole, I do believe that there is a form of a life after this death. I don't, I don't fully know or understand what that's like, but I'm okay. But our knowing. physical body will die. It will die. Now, whether that comes back or not, great. That's the beginning of another. But I firmly believe that there is a purpose to why life has to end. Hmm. I firmly believe that there is a purpose to why certain relationships need to end. I firmly believe that there is a reason why um, certain belief systems need to end. Is because when you learn 
in that process, before that thing ends, it justifies the birth of something better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would uh, I would agree with that that statement for the most part. If anything's going to die in my life, and usually with most people's lives, there's a void, and we feel as humans that we need to fill it up with something mm-hmm. in order to feel fulfilled, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of where part of the phrase comes from. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is um, when a person is is allowing something to die in their lives, it's just like baptism, I guess. You you become reborn. There mm-hmm. There is a beginning of something new and better. And if something dies in your life and you replace it with something that's worse or just as good, you may want to consider getting a life coach Mm -hmm. because you're not, you're not here to just live a life where you go to work, come home, eat some food, go to sleep, wake up, go to work. Please be intentional. Live your life, live your life by design and not by default. Like take control of it. Like if you don't make a choice or decision, it will be made for you. Yeah, I actually firmly believe that. Be- life will make the decision for you. For for instance, if you don't start taking care of your body or your health, eventually life will force you to. You'll get mm-hmm. diabetes. You'll get fat. Um, you'll break a leg or, or, or strain a leg or something. Then mm-hmm. you'll be forced to, to stretch. You'll be forced to exercise. You'll be forced to diet if you don't choose to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And many times when life makes the decision, it's a lot more damaging and harder and harder because it's not necessarily your choice. It was because your choices led to that. But in that moment, I, for, I firmly believe that. Okay, dude, this is great. Um, so as we're wrapping up, I want people to have something tactical to leave with. There was immense knowledge and information dropped in here. Tell us about your self care hour what you do first thing in the morning. Cause I feel like this will be something that people can do just to start their day off on the right foot. My self care hour really is just whatever the hell I want it to be. You yes. know, I, I wake up, I can, I can meditate. I can go for a run. I can go to the gym. Usually I set aside other time for the gym, but this is a time when I can, if I want to, I can take an hour shower listening to <laughs> loud that, yeah. music. If I want to, <laughs> yeah. you know, if that's what my body and my soul and my mind is craving, uh, I'm going to give it to it, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have a much better day. Mm-hmm. If I need to read a book, that's the time to read a book. Mm-hmm. If I need to um, shave my face, you know, like <laughs> I'll do that. I thought you were going to say like shave my something else, but I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's... I mean, sure. That could be part of self-care hour. <laughs> Take an entire hour. <laughs> but that, I mean, if I need to eat something or cook yeah. something, I'll, I'll dedicate that hour to just slowing down mm-hmm. and taking care of what I want to take care of. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. And what's the, what's the take yeah, takeaway? Wh- what's the result? Like why do that? Like, cause we hear a lot about morning routines, blah, blah, blah. But why do that? Why is that important? Because then, then you feel justified in working harder throughout the day. You've already dedicated an hour of your time to you. You've already, you've already shown yourself, Hey, I love myself. I can do whatever I want for mm-hmm. this hour. Now for some people, that's not as effective for me. It's very effective. Mm-hmm. I, I am a playful type of a person. I like to joke around. I like to laugh. I like mm-hmm. to dance. I dance in the shower. I sing in the shower. Have you ever slipped while dancing? Actually? No, I never have. Knock on wood. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never have, but I, I have danced very 
so I used to be a professional break dancer, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I'll jump sometimes in the shower. And <laughs> I love it. Man. I'm very careful, but <laughs> I probably won't be able to do this when I'm 40. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> dude, that's awesome. Um, but if I were to give one specific yeah. technique to people, it would be these five questions. And I'm gonna invite everybody to write them down. And whenever you get emotionally triggered or you get stuck in your life and you don't know what to do, yeah, pause this, rewind it. Five amazing things. Here we go. These are the five questions you want to ask yourself. Question number one, what emotion am I feeling in this moment? Question number two, why am I feeling this emotion or these emotions? Question number three, what do I want? Hmm. Now make sure that it's relevant, okay? Because, oh, I want a Lamborghini. No, that's not relevant, okay? Unless it is, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it might be. So question number three, what do I want? Question number four, what do I need to believe or perceive in order to get what I want? Hmm. And then question number five, what do I need to do to get what I want? And then you must do it. Yeah. You you have to do that thing. If you don't do that thing, the whole process did not do a thing for you. You have to do that thing. And I challenge people whenever they get this in their mind, they need to do it now. So as soon as you are done with that little five-step question thing, you do it immediately or you do it as soon as you possibly can. Honor your feelings. Honor your thoughts. Honor your heart and honor your mind. And when you go through these questions, honor yourself enough to take action. Boom. Dude, this has been awesome. Do you have, you've already given so much and like, do you have any other advice or tips as we close? Yeah, I would say that with those five questions and with my philosophy about communicating, divorce rates will plummet to the ground Hmm. and also breakups will plummet to the ground. So maybe this is something that y'all may want to listen to. (laughs) Okay. But this is my philosophy. If I have communicated something to you and you misunderstand me, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Take responsibility for getting a person to understand you. I love this, man. Make sure they understand you. And if you do that consistently, you will have better communication. You'll have less problems. If you implement it with the re-paradigming so you, you understand what a person is exactly saying – Oh, I don't think we uh, we need to be friends. Okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what what do you mean by friends? Can you help me to understand exactly what you're talking about so that I don't get offended or so that I appropriately do get offended, right? <laughs> That's a choice to be offended, but yeah. usually if you can articulate what exactly a person is saying and understand what the words they're using mean, that will help you so much in your relationships. Dude, I love that. On both ends, take responsibility for how you communicate and clarifying what other people are communicating. Yes. Solid, just fantastic advice. All right, McLean, I have, thank you. No problem. Thank you for my little coaching session (laughs) and sharing your story and being transparent and authentic. Really, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, And where should, so spell your first name and last name so people can check you out oh yeah that'd be great if you guys want to reach out to me email address is mclaneataylor.com or mclaneataylor at gmail.com uh you can reach out to me either way i I have a section where you can look me up on on my uh on my website 
But how do you spell that? That's M-C, capital L, E-A-N, A is my middle initial, and then Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R is my last name. And if you're trying to find the book, Limitless, you can either message me and I'll send it to you, or if you're in Utah, I can give you a hard copy. I'll even sign it. Mm. Um, and if anybody is looking for a coaching session of any kind, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Instagram is also McLean A. Taylor. Um, I recently made an Instagram, so Mm -hmm. it's pretty new, Mm -hmm. but reach out to me, DM me, message me. I want to meet as many people that are listening to this as possible who need my help because I know that I can, I've helped thousands already. And if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. Don't be the stubborn son of a bitch. (laughs) Do whatever it takes to live a better life. Boom. And we'll leave you like that. Thank you, sir. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed that interview with McLean. I loved it. Um, And this week's challenge is inspired by McLean and his company, The Breakthrough Revolution. Your challenge is to have one, just one difficult conversation. Maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe it's in the back of your mind. But we're encouraging you, challenging you to have one difficult conversation this week. Have you been dreading, dreading a breakup? Telling someone how you really feel? Do you fear to ask for help from a loved one? Are you afraid of quitting a job? Asking for feedback to improve? There's so many things that a difficult conversation can solve that makes you better. This is what Golink is about, is embracing these challenges and improving and stepping into more of really who you are and what, like, fulfill your true potential. And I'm a firm believer that the more difficult conversations that you're willing to have will make you a better leader or make you better you of of who you really are. But difficult conversations are everywhere. And it's not just a one and done thing. It's practice. And you need to really seek out these conversations. I am not gifted in having difficult conversations. Um, But I do it because if I don't do it, I'll get out of practice and I'll never do it again. So your challenge this week is to have one difficult conversation. And I know you know what it is that you need to have because it's in your mind right now as soon as I say it. And there are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge. We want to hear from you. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag Golink Challenges or Golink Challenge. Tag us in your stories or use the Golink hotline. To use the hotline, call 385 386-0525 and follow the instructions follow us at Golink Group my name is Ben I love you this is the Golink Show good luck this week go get them